0: Hello and welcome to Years of Her, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey. We've already reached the fifth episode and we're on the last round of group games, so we have to rack our brains to try and work out how all these groups are going to pan out and who is going through. Does anyone actually understand this format? I don't. Coming up on the show we'll see where Wales ended up in Group A as they faced Italy in Rome and we'll take a look at the other Group A match between Switzerland and Turkey plus all the reaction from Hungary's surprise draw with France that 6th goal thriller in Munich between Portugal and Germany and also Group E action as Spain looked to get a win against Poland. Let's have a look at the results from the past few days. In Group A, Italy 1, Wales 0, Switzerland 3, Turkey one, in Group E. Sweden one, Slovakia nil, Spain one, Poland one, in Group F. Hungary one, France one, Portugal two, Germany four. Baratti clever. Work worked free kick. Moratti making it happen again. And Wales' defence is broken through just before half time. Precise from Pasina. So time to find out what happened in the final two group games of Group A. Wales put themselves in a strong position to qualify after their win against Turkey. Switzerland's goal difference made it tricky for them to qualify automatically as they lost 3-0 to Italy. Would they bag in a few against the group's whipping boys, Turkey? And would an Italy side that made eight changes from their last game get past Wales? And if so, by how many? So first we'll start off with the first half in the Italy-Wales game. On the 12th minute, Bernadeschi played it to Bellotti, whose shot was wide of the mark. In the 27th minute, James whipped in a corner for Wales, Gunter had a head at the front post, but it went wide, a really golden opportunity there. Italy had a free kick on the right-hand side, Verratti sent it into the box, and Pessina flicked it on and into the back of the net, 1-0 to Italy. And that's how it was at half-time, Italy one Wales 0. Let's head over to Baku in Switzerland versus Turkey. In the sixth minute Zuba passed it to Seferic who managed to find enough space to slot it home with his left foot from outside the box. 1-0 to Switzerland. On the 26th minute after Seferic's attempt was blocked Zuba laid it off to Sukiri and he hit a stunning goal in the top corner. Great stuff. 2-0 to Switzerland. That was a lovely counter attack from the Swiss. Seferic played it through to Shakiri. He went 1-1 with the keeper but Kadja saved it. It should have been 3-0 right there. The ball fell to Moldus, who hit the ball well from distance but was only denied by a great save by Sommer. Moldus had another great attempt after he made a darting run down the left, beat three players John Barnes style but Sommer saved a shot to the left. At half time it was Switzerland 2, Turkey 0. And Group A after 45 minutes had Italy top Wales second on goal difference, Switzerland third and Turkey fourth. But did open a very interesting possibility of a complicated situation because if Switzerland Turkey stayed 2-0 and then Italy beat Wales 3-0, then both Wales and Switzerland would have the same head-to-head record, goal difference, goals scored and goals against. It probably would mean the group would be decided on fair play record, i.e. who's had the most red and yellow cards. It was up to Switzerland to score more to qualify automatically, or Italy would have to score more against Wales. There's a good ball here for Shakiri! He scored again! Jonan Shakiri! The Swiss lead by three goals to one! In the second half of Italy versus Wales on the 53rd minute, Italy had a free kick from range. Bernardeschi tried a low one and it hit the post. It may have just slipped under ward if it was just an inch to the right. On the 55th minute, a foul by Ampadu on Badeski and was sent off. He stamped on the Italian's foot and apparently that's a sending off in the Euros. VAR agreed with it as well. Perhaps he was a touch unlucky with that one, but the rules are the rules. At this point, Wales were hoping it wouldn't come down to the fair play record with that red card. On the 65th minute, after a run to the byline, Chiesa played the ball back to Bellotti, but it was saved by Ward. On the 75th minute, after a free-kick, Roden headed it onto Gareth Bale. He had a great chance on the volley, but it went way over the bar. On the 88th minute, Belotti had a shot on the turn just outside the box, but it was comfortably saved by Ward. And in the second minute of stoppage time, Chrysanth scared Wales with a long-range shot, but Ward palmed it away. It would end Italy 1-0, Wales nil, but would that be enough for Wales? In Switzerland versus Turkey in the second half, on the 67th minute, Kavecki cut the ball inside from the right and struck it well with his left foot and the ball found its way into the back of the net. 2-1 Turkey, pull one back. So that scenario outlined earlier doesn't matter now. In his 68th minute, Zuba played another great through ball, this time from the left to Sakiri, who absolutely blasted the ball into the back of the net. He was making sure that one. 3-1 to Switzerland. Xhaka had a free kick from just outside the box. He struck it low and hard, but it hit the post so close. Under had a shot from distance but the ball went way over the bar and at full time it was Switzerland 3, Turkey 1. So Group A finished with Turkey at the bottom with 0 points and a minus 7 goal difference. Switzerland ended in 3rd place with 4 points and a minus 1 goal difference. They face a nervous wait to see if they will qualify as one of the four highest 3rd place finishers. Wales finished 2nd with 4 points and plus 1 goal difference. They will now face the Group B runners up in Amsterdam on Saturday. And Italy finished the group as group winners with 9 points out of 9, a goal difference of plus 7 and no goals conceded. Very impressive stuff. They will be going to Wembley for their second round match against the Group C runners-up, which will either be Ukraine or Austria. So, good news for Wales, they don't have to wait nervously to see if they're one of the best third place teams and they'll likely get an okay second round tie unless Belgium really screw things up. The match against Italy wasn't the best and although they only lost 1-0, it was basically against the Italy reserves as they made 8 changes to their side. They even decided to sub the goalkeeper Rudorov after 88 minutes in a bizarre move by Mancini. No Immobile, Insigne or Locatelli in this match. Then they've shined so far in this tournament, I could see them putting a few pass whales. And obviously those changes really screwed up my fantasy team. Wales will be without Ampadu for the round of 16 as he's now suspended. Gareth Bale's dream of getting back to Wembley won't be possible unless the Welsh repeat their heroics from five years ago and make it to the semi-finals. Well, I think they could win their round of 16 match, I think it's an uphill battle from there really. As for Switzerland, fair play to them. Switzerland vs Turkey looked like a much better game than Italy vs Wales. Some cracking goals too, all four goals worthy of note. And we could have even had two more stunners at end 4-2. Shakiri was fantastic, and Zuba should take a bow for three assists. A big round of applause if he was in your fantasy team this week. Couldn't see that coming myself. How disappointing have Turkey been, though? Some people, and I include myself here, pin them as dark horses. Well, I'm sorry, but that horse is well and truly dead. Uh, They may be the worst team in the Euros, but at least they've scored one goal now, which means the only side in the Euros not to score a goal is Scotland. Well, they've got one more game to rectify that. Gospiak's cross, Lewandowski, he has a tournament goal for Poland. Their captain, their talisman has got them level. What a header that is from Lewandowski, how strong he is. Moving on to Group E. Favourite Spain struggled to break down Sweden in their opening game despite dominating possession, and they've yet to get off the mark with a goal. Poland, on the other hand, were now fighting to survive. They lost to Slovakia in match one, Would the Spanish send the Poles home? Glick had a good chance from distance for Poland, but it just went over. Moreno had a shot for Spain from outside the box. The ball fell to Morata, who tucked the ball away in the net. But it was time for an old friend to come back. So the assistant referee had his flag up, but the decision went to VAR and in shock horror, VAR gave the goal. He overruled the decision, don't really see that often, usually I'm here complaining about VAR, but actually it got this spot on, if you looked at it again, Morata seemed to be onside, so good on you VAR, very weird actually complimenting VAR, but yes, it did make the right decision here, 1-0 to Spain, Moreno had a low free kick attempt, but it went wide, Lewandowski crossed it to Zavesky, he hit the ball on the volley, but it was only ever going over. Svesky had a much better chance as he hit the post. Lewandowski had a rebound, but it hit the keeper. How did he not score there? And fairness, the keeper did well on both occasions. Alba squared the ball to Moreno, but it went into the side netting. In the second half, Yosviat crossed it to Lewandowski. A brilliant header sent it into the back of the net. One-one. A great goal. During a Spain attack, Molder accidentally stepped on Moreno. He was a bit late with that, and once again, the decision went to VAR. Va, 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 va. And what did VAR decide? The penalty was given. It's a video assistant ref of Spain fan or something. I think that one was a bit more harsh a decision than the early one, which seemed quite clear-cut. Moreno took the penalty and hit the post. How many missed penalties in the Euros is that now? I've lost count. Moreno had a follow-up, but it went wide. A ball came into the box from Alba. There was a bit of a scramble as Sabina, Morata and Torres all tried and failed to put the ball in the net. It finished Spain one Hole one. So Spain have been criticised for having no killer instinct, no energy in attack, and they're just very content to pass it around the field like those football players in the Simpsons. Their possession stats are really ridiculous, right? 77% of it here. That's an unbelievable stat, especially when you consider they didn't actually win. At this rate, it looks like Spain might be heading for three draws in a row. Do they want to take the Portugal at 2016 route to the second round? Although the only difference is Portugal actually scored a lot of goals in that tournament. Spain have only got one so far, so they'll need to get their shooting boots on. Poland did well to stick it out for the draw. I think they deserved it. It was good to see Lewandowski get into the game more than he did against Slovakia, and his header was something we're likely to see replayed a lot on the highlights packages. They'll still need to beat Sweden to qualify, and, well, good luck getting past that defence. Well, it was a few days ago now, but on Friday afternoon, Sweden faced Slovakia in the other Group E match. The two teams got off to a good start at Euro 2020, Sweden held Spain to a nil-nil draw, and Slovakia surprised Poland with a victory. A win for either here will put them in a very strong position to qualify for the last 16. So, Hamsik had a shot from distance for Slovakia, but he skied it way over the bar. In the second half, Duda had a shot from distance, but it went over the bar. Hamsik had a free kick from distance, he crossed it into the box and Kutcher had a header at the back post. It took a save from Sweden's reliable keeper Olsen to deny him. A great little set piece there from Slovakia. A cross came in for Sweden, a header by Augustusen, and another great save, this time at the other end by Dubrovka. After a corner, Isak headed it to Danielson, who headed it over. Isak had a low shot to the left side but after a darting run it was saved again by Dubrovka. But Dubrovka's luck was about to change as he brought down Kwajson in the box, a penalty to Sweden. Forsberg was the one to step up and take the penalty, and Schokori actually scored it, 1-0 to Sweden. And that's how it finished. Sweden one Slovakia 0. Well, it looked like a bit of a slow first half there. Is that becoming a theme at the Euros, where the first half's kind of boring and the second half's a lot more exciting? Anyway, Sweden really came out to play in that second half and dominated the chances. Isak had a good game. It's probably unlucky not to score. And what about that save from Olsen? The Swedes have yet to concede a single goal at the Euros so far. Only three teams have kept a clean sheet, Sweden, Italy and England. So don't be so down on England, they have at least kept a clean sheet in 180 minutes. Slovakia had some good chances, they definitely showed the same attacking threat they had in the first game against Poland, but they are likely to have a difficult game against Spain, considering all the possession they won't have, but the Spanish haven't been all that great, who knows what will happen there. After two matches, Poland are at the bottom of the group with one point, Spain are in third with two points, Slovakia second with three points and Sweden top the group with four points. A bit later on I'll explain what each team needs to do to qualify. Kinnick, it's another goal and Gusens manages to get up and get his just rewards. It's 4-1 Germany. What was that about them struggling? The Germans always get their act together just when it counts. Over in Group F, we had Portugal against Germany, two teams who had contrasting fortunes in their first game. After struggling for most of the match, Portugal put three past Hungary in the last 10 minutes, while Germany narrowly lost to France in their opener. Despite being favourites on paper, the Germans needed a win more than Portugal to boost their hopes of qualification. So Ginter crossed the ball in from the right, Gossens jumped at the chance and put it in the back of the net, but VAR was out to spoil the party. Gnabry was ruled to be offside despite not touching the ball, I guess he was still deemed to be active, so it remained nil-nil. Bernardo Silva chipped the ball into Jota. Neuer came out so Jota squared it to Ronaldo for an easy tap in, 1-0 Portugal after 15 minutes. Kimmich crossed the ball in with his left foot, Gossens fired it back across. And it appeared that Havertz had put it in the net, but it was ruled to be an own goal as the ball came off Ruben Diaz. 1-1. Müller played the ball up and over to Havertz. He touched it onto Kimmich, who played the ball across. It looked like Canabry would get on the end of it, but actually Guerrero put it in his own net. Another own goal. That's five own goals in the tournament. Now, own goals must be a shoe in for the Golden Boot. 2-1 to Germany. In the second half, Müller did a 1-2 with Kimmich. He played it across to Gossens and this time Havertz was awarded the goal. 3-1 to Germany. Kimmich crossed it to the back post and it was an easy header for Gossens. 4-1 to Germany. A free kick came in for Portugal from the left-hand side. The ball bobbled in the back. Ronaldo knocked it across to the back post and Jota hit it in to the open net to make it 4-2. Renato Sanchez had a cracking shot from long range. He absolutely rattled off the post. Some were saying it almost broke it. Goretzka had a chance on a 3-2 attack for Germany, but he was selfish and blasted it over. And at the final whistle, in a six-goal thriller, it ended Portugal 2, Germany 4. What a game, I tell you. And if that Renato Sanchez had gone in, it would have been a seven-goal thriller. But defending in this case at both ends was pretty woeful. Lots of goals were really easy chances, when they weren't own goals at least. Germany broke Portugal down time and time again, and after I saw them against France, I thought they might do a little bit better against teams who weren't so assured at the back, and this proved to be the case. This is the Germany we're expected to turn up, lots of attacking threat for the likes of Havertz, Gossens and co, and after being written off a bit after that first game, anything seems possible now for the Germans, but their defence can be like a leaking tap at times. Ronaldo is still adding to his tally for Portugal. I mean, technically, Portugal scored four goals in this match, just two at the wrong end. They couldn't hack the crosses and the speed of the German attack. They've got France in their final group game, and who knows how that's going to turn out. Perhaps the group of death has been a lot more unpredictable than perhaps people thought. Speaking of unpredictable, we reach Hungary versus France, the second match from a 60,000-pack Puskas Arena in Hungary. Perhaps the 3-0 loss to Portugal wasn't a true reflection of how much Hungary were in the game. Even with home support on their side, they still had a mountain to climb as they faced the current world champions France, who came off a confident 1-0 victory against Germany. So Mbappe laid the ball off to Benzema, his low shot was saved by Galassie, but the ball fell to Griezmann and he missed a complete sitter. Well he was probably offside anyway. Dinja put in a great cross to Mbappe but he couldn't direct the ball on target. Griezmann played the ball to Mbappe, he played the ball back to Benzema, but he put it wide. Mbappe worked his way through three defenders, but put it wide again. Hungary had an attack, the ball fell for Fiola down the left-hand side. He ran into the box, beat Varane, and his low shot went in. 1-0 to Hungary, what a shocker. The crowd in the Puskas Arena erupted for that one. In the second half, France brought Dembele on and he hit the post with a chance down the right-hand side. Loris kicked the ball up long, Hungary couldn't deal with the bounce and Mbappe got it and played it across the box. Orban couldn't clear it and it fell to Griezmann who didn't miss this time. 1-1. A bit poor defending there from Hungary. Mbappe's shot was saved by Galassi. Varane had a late chance from a header in the box but it went wide. And at full time it finished, Hungary won, France won and of course Hungary celebrated it like a win. Ah, football, eh? Hungary are very much a team where nothing was expected of them yet they somehow got a point against the World Cup winners and look like they might even do one better than that. Perhaps the home crowd has been helping them out, but they won't have that same privilege for their final group game as they travel to Munich to face Germany. At least they've kept themselves in contention to qualify. I have to say that it was surprising to see Varane beaten in defence by Fiola, especially considering how well he played against Germany. France dominated, and they probably should have won. Their equaliser came about due to some sloppy defending from the Hungarians, so maybe they got a bit lucky, really. They might have been taking this game for granted a bit and thought it was an easy win. They now have four points, which should be enough to qualify, no matter what happens when they face Portugal, but it's not guaranteed. So in Group F, Hungary are at the bottom with one point. Portugal are in third with three points. Germany are in second. They also have three points, but they're ahead on head-to-head record. And France topped the group with four points. So there are still five groups to play their final matches in the Euros, but what does each team need to do to get to the last 16? Well, in Group B, Belgium have already qualified, but a point will be enough for them to secure the top spot. Only a win would guarantee Finland a place in the last 16, otherwise their fate will be dictated by the other game. Denmark have to win to have any chance of qualifying, but to be honest it may be an uphill battle for them. And a draw will be enough for Russia to qualify automatically if Finland fails to beat Belgium. In Group C it's a little bit easier to work out as Netherlands are through as group winners, their opponents North Macedonia are also out. Whoever wins between Ukraine and Austria will come second, but if it's a draw, Ukraine will go through as runners up on goals scored both teams could still qualify win or lose if they are among the top 4 third place teams. The important one now in Group D, England need at least a point to guarantee qualification, but if Croatia beats Scotland they will be through even if they lose. A draw will be enough for Czech Republic to top the group, Croatia and Scotland is a must win for both sides so both teams need 3 points to have any chance of qualifying. In Group E a point will be enough for Sweden to qualify. Poland need a win and could leapfrog Sweden if that happens. Spain must win to qualify automatically, but a draw will be enough to send Slovakia through automatically if Poland don't beat Sweden. It does get a bit complicated, doesn't it? In Group F, Hungary must win against Germany and hope that France win. France just need a point to qualify. A draw will be enough for Germany if Portugal don't beat France and if Portugal draw and Hungary win, then they'll finish in second, but they'll need a win to guarantee their place if Germany draw a win. Did that make any sense to you? I don't know. Basically, for third place teams, they're really looking at today's matches. As I record the stats on Monday, because if both Group B and C's third place teams finish on three points, then four points will be guaranteed to be enough to qualify for the next stage. And what I do know is the third place teams will be playing a group winner, but just don't ask me which one it will be. It does get very confusing this format, but it could be worse. It could be the 2026 World Cup format. So that's it for this edition of the Years of Hurt podcast. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at YOHEuros and let us know what you think about all the action. We'll be back after England play the Czech Republic and Scotland face Croatia on Tuesday. Until then, it's goodbye.